Hello and welcome to Moving Kentucky Forward. I'm Bruce Maples, your host, publisher of Forward Kentucky. Today we're going to speak with Representative Buddy Wheatley of Northern Kentucky, who is running for Secretary of State. He's fairly well known in the northern part of the state, but not so much across the rest of Kentucky, so I thought it would be good for us to get to know him and to learn more about his campaign and why he is running. So let's hear from Buddy Wheatley about what he hopes to accomplish when he is elected as Secretary of State. So we're here today with Buddy Wheatley, Representative Buddy Wheatley, who is running for Secretary of State this fall. Representative Wheatley, welcome to Moving Kentucky Forward. Thank you, Bruce. It's, it's an honor to be here. I've been here before as a state representative and always enjoy our conversations. Good. Thank you. Uh, I'm looking forward to this uh, because I'm interested in a whole lot of things about your race. Uh, you are running for Secretary of State after having been a rep state representative. So the basic question we always start is, is with is why? Why are you running for this particular office? Thank you, Bruce. Uh, it's uh, pretty clear that uh, I have been involved in election legislation during my time as a state representative. And, um, you know, I, I originally went to the House of Representatives with pension issues important to me. I, I come from the fire service, retired fire chief, and uh, had uh, those issues that I worked on very hard during my time in the General Assembly. Uh, Rocky Atkins put me right on the Public Pension Oversight Board worked across the aisle, worked with the labor unions, worked with the people who uh, had a lot at stake when it comes to the pension issues and helped stabilize with a bipartisan group, uh, helped stabilize the, the pensions enough to say that we don't hear that phrase pension crisis quite as often. But when yeah. I turned uh, my attention to my other uh, interest, it, it is related to elections, opening access to the polls, democracy, striking our, strengthening our democracy, and modernizing our elections. And the governor, um, you know, right after he had come into office, he, he recognized I, I was a, a state representative who uh, had this interest. He and I had several meetings related to this issue. We actually did it right before the, uh, the pandemic hit. We uh, met and uh, did a video together, was planning to do more things related to modernizing our elections because Kentucky is still one of the hardest places to vote in the country. So I have a, you know, a strong desire to modernize our elections and increase the voter turnout so that we have the truest form of representation in Frankfurt and in Washington, D.C. So I'm intrigued. I mean, I, I understand what you're talking about, modernizing and making it easier to vote. Uh, over the past, I don't know, four years, I guess, uh, ever since Michael Adams was elected, he has done some things working with the legislature to increase access in some ways. Uh, I never thought we would see early voting, never. And that happened. Uh, we've got some absentee ballots now that you can get. So it seems to me that it has gotten easier from what it used to be, which was show up on Tuesday or you can't vote at all. Uh, so what would you do in addition or instead of if you were elected? Well, let me uh, say this about what Michael Adams has has done. He has made it ever so slightly um, 
there's been an increase to opening access to the polls, but we are so far below even anything that's the average amount of access to the polls that mm -hmm. uh, that that is not a very much of a distinction in my my opinion. There's other ways he's actually making it harder to vote. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, my plan is to increase voter turnout is a is it takes uh, a number of things to happen, but they all can happen in a, in a modernizing way. And I recognize that the General Assembly is uh, not one to quickly pass uh, major election issues. As Michael Adams says, it hasn't happened for 100 years, but that's no excuse to leave us right where we're at. So mm -hmm. I would I would work on two full weeks of early voting, which was very close to happening in the 2021 legislation. But I'd have to say Michael Adams caved on that issue. Uh, I would uh, ha keep our polls open until 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. Our Constitution permits our polls to be open until 7 p.m. Uh, we have many working Kentuckians who just can't get to the polls by 6 p.m. And yes, there's some funding that will be required to sustain a program like that uh, and poll workers. But uh, I'll work to secure that state and federal funding and sustain it, too. So um, there are many other ways that open access to the polls, inclu including uh, uh, increasing confidence within the security of our polls, of course. And that we can do something Michael Adams is trying to pull us away from is the uh, is the a voter fraud protection program known as ERIC. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, he is trying to pull us out of ERIC, which uh, only some of the more far right um, secretary of states are trying to do in other states. So those are things that I would do to increase access to the polls. Um, I've had other pieces of legislation such as allowing independents to vote in our primaries, independents and third party voters to vote in our primaries. Again, many uh, many people have uh, independents are the fastest um, voting block growing voting block in the state. Right. And many of our veterans are independents. Again, it takes a number of these issues to move us more into the modern age and opening access to the polls, but I'll be working on all of them. And there are more. <laughs> so I'm I'm surprised about the uh, 7 p.m. thing. I did not realize the Constitution allowed that. Uh, it allows what six to seven? Then it it not all state constitutions have their election hours in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Kentucky does six p.m. to seven p.m. But our state legislature has had it at six p.m. for quite a long time, and there is really no good reason why we're not open to seven p.m. There's some things we have to do with our poll workers and to make it sustainable and all that. But that's uh, that's quite easy to do. One of the things that I know you were interested in in your last election and I think is probably on your list of issues is the number of polling locations mm -hmm. uh, we have had. On the one hand, having a central polling location for early voting is not necessarily a bad idea, but it seemed to me that a number of counties were using that as an excuse to get rid of local polling locations, which ultimately hurts people who don't have good transportation. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, I think you recall uh, one of our last conversations was, was focused on this issue. Um, Michael Adams, the first election that he was completely in charge of, 
drastically reduce the number of polling locations in the state, leading to this lowest voter turnout in 30 years in Kentucky, a state that already has very low voter turnout, mm-hmm. truly not getting the form of democracy or the representation of democracy that we all deserve. So yes, um, the voting centers that were permitted that w- went into the 2021 uh, piece of legislation did not have any kind of safety guards in it related to reducing polling locations, which is what Michael Adams did, led to the very long lines that we saw uh, that uh, Jefferson County legislators called voter suppression, mm. uh, as did some other legislators around the state. So it is a form of voter suppression. So Michael Adams was making it harder to vote. That is something that we certainly have to pay attention to. Uh, and voter turnout, to me, is a big part of what the Secretary of State and what I will do uh, to try to increase. And Michael Adams has said it's not his responsibility. It's it's up to the county parties in the and the candidates themselves, but uh, I don't feel that way at all. I feel like it's part of the Secretary of State's job, including the civic engagement that uh, I will have a robust program for also. I was surprised at the last election, which would have been midterms. I know there was a, a ton of interest, and yet, and I'm a poll worker, and the polling location that I work certainly stayed busy. Uh, but then at the end of the day, I think the turnout was like 33% or something like that. How do how does Kentucky compare in turnout to some of the other states around us? It, that seems so bad to me. Well, unfortunately, it is bad, Bruce. Um, we our our voter turnout that uh, for the 2022 elections was closer to 41% on a statewide average, hmm. but uh a lot of the locations where we had precincts in our neighborhoods, civic centers and churches, firehouses, uh, those were pulled away and they had voter turnout in the teens. Uh, and you asked right. about uh, the surrounding locations, uh, the, the surrounding states. Um, I don't have the numbers for each state, but I can put us near the bottom, maybe not Tennessee level, because I think Tennessee is last in the nation in voter turnout, but we are very low ourselves. And, um, you know, voter turnout and reasons for it, it's a broad mix of things that happens, but it seems like Michael Adams is not addressing anything other. The early voting days, that was great. Primarily, I think the work of the legislature and not the secretary of state, but uh, we need uh, much greater access to the polls. So I interviewed uh, Colonel Pam Stevenson just a few days ago, and we talked about the difference between when I ran, which was a local race, and I spent months knocking on doors. And I said, unless I told her, unless you're going to do a Lamar Alexander and walk across the state, I don't think you're going to be knocking on too many doors. So my question to you is the same question I had for her. How are you running this race? What are you doing to reach across the state? Great question, Bruce. Uh, You know, elections are too much about dollars and getting up on screens. Um, But we recognize that is the most efficient way to get around or to get your name out there and to get your message out there. However, it doesn't replace that uh, that old you know shoe leather work. And the shoe leather work more so 
in this age is attending events around the state, mm-hmm. meeting people, having meet and greets, literally uh, every county, if, if you can get to there. Um, and when I go, you know, I'm a, I'm a firefighter and I come from labor and I reach out to those groups when I go to those areas. And uh, those are those are ways that we are having more connections with more people around the state. And each each campaign has to look at, you know, their unique situation. It, it takes dollars, of course, but uh, I've got a great team. We're, we've set ourselves up to really have a, a strong finish here. And that will be probably more digital or uh, uh, media related. But it still is a mix here. And um, while it's unfortunate that as many dollars is needed to get up on the air or get on screens, it's a part of today's elections and we will we will be there. We'll be there quite a bit as we get closer to the election. One of the things that I've always told people, both elected officials and candidates and leaders of any kind, is that the people that like you tell you to your face and the people that don't like you talk behind your back. Uh, so what sort of connections at these events you've been going to, what sort of connections have you been able to make with people that may not know about you or may not uh, even like you necessarily? Well, I have to tell you, Bruce, you know, I, I've i run uh, three races uh, in, in situations where um, I've overperformed by 10%, actually 11% for my last race. Um, and I can tell you that for the most part, the way I uh, interact with people, it does have an effect. You know, they learn about my background. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a lifelong Kentuckian. Family has been in Northern Kentucky 150 years, fourth generation firefighter, Covington firefighter, fire chief, uh, law school when I was a firefighter, now practicing labor attorney. Uh, these are the things people are fascinated by. Uh, the fact that I got into politics late in life, I'm very far from being a lifetime politician, but uh, mm-hmm. public service was imbued in me from a, a young age. And uh, once I became an attorney. These things, again, were still uh, a nagging at me to go make a difference. And people hear this story and they just seem to react to it. Uh, I have a positive reaction to it. I have a positive attitude attitude about this. And um, it's great meeting the people of Kentucky. It's such a beautiful state from where we were at, Fancy Farm, far western Kentucky to far eastern Kentucky. My wife is from south central uh on the border of McCreary County, mm-hmm. everywhere I go, it's a, it's a real, it's just getting really, really positive reactions. Now the people that you, uh, who don't like you, like you said, they may not tell you to your face. And I don't think that's, they're talking about me very much behind uh, my back and except in a good way. So uh, did you speak at fancy farm? I did. Yes. All, uh, all I thought the entire people. ticket did. The entire ticket did on, on both sides. Yeah. So was that your first time to go to Fancy Farm? It was. It was my first <laughs> time. I've been following it, you know, online. Bless uh, you. Or, uh, KET. It, it, you know, the event itself is uh, very hectic and very loud, um, but still pretty neat, pretty interesting. And it's it's worth doing. Of course, the uh, pre-event events that we did that were so helpful uh, as far as getting me to the people getting me out sure. there to the people of Western Kentucky, far Western Kentucky. And I have to tell you this, this is, I can't be more sincere about this. Kentuckians are, have the same interests all over the state. 
They want to move the state forward. This far left, far right thing that's going on around the country and the state, the people that I'm talking to know that, you know, there are we have our differences, but they want to go forward. That's what this governor wants to do. I'm very proud to be on the ticket with him. He did ask that I run for secretary of state. I'm proud that he's done that. And going forward, you know, we have we all have make mistakes. We all do great things. We all but learning from them and going forward. That's what I'm about. That's what I will do as secretary of state. And uh, I look forward to it. I I want to ask one question. I I seem to recall. And if I'm wrong, please correct me. I seem to recall something about Michael Adams having other work than Secretary of State. I was unaware of that. So can you tell me about that? Well, I, I can. And it's unfortunate that he's, you know, being paid a full-time salary to be our Secretary of State in Kentucky. But he remains full partner and a national elections law firm, law firm that represents some of the um, worst election deniers and some of the worst people that have been in politics for, for decades. And that's how he he makes money and that's how he funds his, uh, his own uh, elections. And, and, and I say that, uh, um, you know, I, I see it as public service 100%. I would never... Uh, I will set aside my law practice when I'm secretary of state to vote full time to the position. But uh, yes, Michael Adams is working his side side job while uh, secretary of state. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's interesting because I, I really was unaware of that. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing that information. Sure. Um, so you're talking about doing digital and so on and so forth. Have you done very much so far or are you really sort of saving it all for the final turn as it were? Well, we, uh, we're, we're very careful with the dollars we have. We have not had a lot of digital right now, but uh, of course we've got, you know, signs and we've got uh, uh, campaign literature that we have been out with and we will have a lot more and a lot more is coming, but, it's a good question. We are gearing up, I guess you can say, uh, for this last two and a half months to the elections, only 84 days away. So mm -hmm. uh, we're ready. Um, you know, recognizing serving two terms in the General Assembly, there are people who know me and know my name, a um, little bit of a unique name. They've attached me to the firefighting side of this. And uh, I'm proud of all that. But I know I want to get out there and touch and, and uh uh, be around as many people as possible as far as, you know, having contact like that. Uh, I, I wish we had millions of dollars in our campaign accounts and we could uh, have been running commercials all year round. But uh, this is what it's like to run down ballot. Uh, that's fine with me. I, I understand it makes me work harder. Um, you know, it, it uh, it's an easy lift for me when I say uh, I, I don't mind it. Um, I think it's that important in, in public service that is that important to me. Have you gotten any endorsements that you're particularly proud of? Well, you know, you're probably aware that uh, I'm very connected to labor. So, yes, there are a number of labor endorsements that I could uh, talk about. Uh, we will we have uh, 
there are some organizations that uh, will be having their endorsements annou- announcements coming soon, so I can't quite announce them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, of course, we have the we are unanimous, unanimously uh, um, endorsed by the Kentucky AFL-CIO. That's the fourth time that's happened for me. Endorsed by the Kentucky Professional Firefighters, the United Steel Workers, the Iron Workers, the United Mine Workers. There are probably quite a few more that aren't coming to the top of my head, but there are. Uh, there's at least a couple dozen. Cool. Um, I don't know if you are if you remember Ann Northup, uh, who was third district re- congress congressional person uh, from Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who've lived in Louisville for a long time know what I'm talking about, and I I talked about this the other day with one of the campaign consultants when we were talking about digital and ads mm-hmm. and Northup used to not put out any signs at all in Louisville until the last week. And they would all go up on one night. And so in one night, they, the whole city would be covered in these signs. And I asked this consultant, I said, so are you going to do the same thing with digital, you know, wait and then throw them all in there at once. And she was like, well, maybe not quite, all in one night, but yeah, we're going to save some, some stuff for the end as it were. Well, Uh, we don't want to give away too many uh, secrets, of course, but uh, these are some good ideas. I'm kind of, kind of liking that I've run, you know, this is my fourth race, uh, two is three as a state representative. We've, uh, we've, we have some experience. We've seen what's where it's certainly is different statewide. Mm -hmm. And as far as having a simultaneous, uh, kind of distribution of signs all in one, or, or to put them out in one day. Um, you know, we're going to have a lot of friends helping us with signs, so we'll uh, we'll have to see how that that best works. But kind of like that that idea. Well, I was not just talking about signs; I was talking about like ads and stuff. So you right. do That's all it. the ads at once. Um, so I always like to close with two questions, uh, and the first one is: Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I haven't asked you? You know, the thing that uh, that I have I worked so hard on related to this independent redistricting commission mm-hmm. bill that I worked with the Kentucky League of Women Voters on. It truly is an important way that we can take a lot of partisanship out of our redistricting process. It's a a commission type thing that where they draw the lines so that politicians aren't picking their voters. The voters truly get to pick the politicians, get to elect the people they want to have in Frankfurt and Washington, D.C. Actually, I've had a little bit of buy-in from some uh, people across the aisle recognizing that this this part of our election systems where the legislators are drawing these lines has created more partisanship. And that's another way that we can bring it back to less partisanship uh, with today's computer technology and be able to finally draw those lines around all those uh, households and and people who are in one party and vote a particular way and vote however many times they vote. We can really have uh, some controls with, with that, with the independent redistricting commission. So, I'll be working on that piece of legislation again and, and uh, really help um, bring our democracy to its truest form with that kind of uh, 
legislation. As I said, I think I said this, uh, about half the states have it so far, but it's an amount that's increasing. And mm -hmm. it's time Kentucky uh, modernize our elections. Yep. All right. My last question is the one I ask every candidate I ever interview, which is, uh, let's pretend that you're out knocking doors. And so you're standing on my front porch and I've opened the door and I look at you and I say, why should I vote for you? What would be your answer? I am the candidate in this in this race who wants to fully bring Kentucky's elections to to the 21st century, truly make it easier to vote and secure our elections like they've always been and keep them secure. I have a program that will open access to to the polls, increase civic engagement, and keep our elections secure. Buddy Wheatley, running for Secretary of State in a statewide race. So you won't be knocking on too many doors, but you'll be doing other things. And uh, we really wish you the best, wish you all the luck in the world. I'd love to see you get elected. And um, good luck in the next, what is it, 84 days, you said? 84, you know, we're getting close to the end of the day. So yeah, we're getting right. close to 83. All right. Well, thank you for the interview and good luck. It's been a pleasure, Bruce, as always. And uh, thank you. I look forward to the next time, whether it's on this screen or somewhere else. That was Representative Buddy Wheatley, the Democratic candidate this year for Secretary of State. As you heard, he has a lot of good ideas for what he would do when he is elected, and I hope you will get out and vote for him and all the Democratic candidates this fall. I think they will all make a big difference in Frankfurt, and you'll be glad you did. Thanks for watching or listening, and we'll see you next week.